Hello, I'm Bob Bragdon, and you're listening to CSO Executive Sessions. CSO Executive Sessions is a twice-monthly podcast produced by CSO Online and IDG. Each episode, we sit down with leading security and risk executives to get their take on the challenges faced by their organizations. And today, I'm back in Boston, speaking with Mike Towers, the Chief Information Security Officer at Takeda Pharmaceutical Company, a global leader whose therapeutics focus on oncology, gastroenterology, and the central nervous system, as well as vaccines. With nearly 50,000 employees, Takeda is the largest pharmaceutical company in Asia and one of the top 20 largest pharmaceutical companies in the world by revenue. Mike, thanks for joining me today. Thanks, Bob. Can you tell us a little bit about your role and the risks that you help address at Takeda? Yeah, sure. So, uh, as you mentioned, I'm the Chief Security Officer. I've been there for a little under 18 months, and um, I have the traditional CISO responsibilities, but a couple non-CISO role, like more closer to a CSO, supply chain security, for example, mm -hmm. and um, a couple other elements of uh, brand protection, et cetera. So, mm -hmm. but uh, relatively speaking, I have you know the identity access management. Yeah. Um, a lot of uh, endpoint traditional infrastructure protection. Mm -hmm. I also have a group. I, interestingly, being in a regulated industry, I also have a group that focuses on compliance and FDA regulations mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So, oh, really? Yeah. So it's an interesting uh, role. I got about um, sixty people on staff, and then mm -hmm. another hundred or so externals. Mm -hmm. And uh, being a global big uh, company, we have my team is spread between Boston, Zurich and Tokyo mm -hmm. is generally our, our hubs of operation. Mm -hmm. So in terms of risk, and the key risks that I'm focusing on, uh, first and foremost, I would call it supply continuity, mm -hmm. which some people call OT security, plant yep. security. Obviously a big uh, area of, of new focus, I think that frankly most of the industry didn't really worry about it for a while. Right. Um, and then I also have a, being a pharmaceutical company, I have an intellectual property loss and exposure risk for mm -hmm. early stage discovery. Um, I also have what we call cyber sabotage, which is the malware that doesn't want to steal things, but just wants to break things. Yeah. So very prominent in, in Asia, mm -hmm. and obviously it dovetails pretty closely to the supply continuity risk. And I would say there's plenty of other, the list could be 50, 100 items long, but I think the other headline risk area I would talk about is just protecting the digital experience of dealing with the company. Mm -hmm. So whether you're a patient, whether you're a physician, whether you're a third party, we believe, and I think many companies are starting to believe, that the digital experience of dealing with Takeda is something that you can almost quantify as a product, kind right. of like Bonvoy for Marriott. Yeah. So dealing with that experience and securing that experience is something that we're taking very, very seriously with uh, all sorts of controls to protect that experience. Oh, that's good. What, what, do you, what, what kind of risks are you focusing on now? I mean, what's kind of your focus today? Well, I would argue that of those ones I mentioned, the two that are top of mind is uh, supply continuity, and I would also say that the last one I mentioned was, which is the digital experience. And I think, mm -hmm. like any big company, whatever, whatever buzzword they're using, they have digital transformation, digital innovation, <laughs> whatever, but we have a big digital sure. arm. And um, I think one of the, we define digital in a number of different ways. So there's a med medical device element, mm -hmm. which uh, in some respects is more around diagnostics and potentially even companion care. Mm -hmm. And then we have things like um, mobile applications, which are almost like a Fitbit experience where, you know, monitoring and then you you, you control certain things that may be um, helping your body or you have to report uh, mm -hmm. status. And then the other area that we're very heavily on, because one of the areas that um, 
we recently got more into is rare disease. Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest challenges with the rare disease is um, di diagnostic time, diagnostic. Mm -hmm. So many people go seven, eight, 10 years having a rare disease without ever being properly diagnosed. Right, right. So working a lot from a digital, digital perspective to, um, to do that better and to do that more effectively, mm -hmm. all of that presents completely different risks that the team right. is, uh, I have a brand new organization that um, is focusing on that area mm -hmm. and it's probably the top of mind uh, area that we have alongside the supply chain, uh, which it's interesting because I often say that supply chain, you may have applications old enough to vote, <laughs> and then on the digital side you have applications that are two months old. Yeah. So it's yeah. a very, very different dichotomy that we have to, uh, to balance. Mm -hmm. um, What's your secret, you know, and I think it goes, it speaks a little, or digs in a little to what you were just talking about, but the secret of balancing risk and business opportunity. In other words, how do you keep out of the way of the business without exposing the business to undue risk? Yeah, it's a good question. And, um, you know, obviously security departments used to be called the Department of No. Exactly. You know, I think, at least from my perspective, uh, pretty much moved past that. I think we're more around the uh, yes but, or I remember a piece of advice I got mm -hmm. once was make it easy to do the secure thing. Mm -hmm. So a really, really strong um, focus on business leadership. So mm -hmm. I, I chair an organization, some people call it BSOs, where I have a dotted line part of my group that I basically have one business leader, right. by design not in IT, because IT tends to talk about things like service sure. desk and, and um, application performance which is all important stuff, but I mm -hmm. want people thinking about this risk from a business perspective. So I have one representative from each business unit, one representative from each function. Mm -hmm. And we, we, we meet two hours every month and we just talk about risks. Yeah. What, is, uh, what does it mean to have most of our clinical trials outsourced? What does it mean to have um, clinical trial registration and clinical trial recruiting and social media? So all these different mm -hmm. interesting risks that mm -hmm. we're talking about. And I think what's changed and where I think to specifically answer your question is I don't want to, uh, the, the relationships I'm building is, and it's not perfect, and it's going to be an evolution, but mm -hmm. I think we're on the right path, is don't hand me something you've already built and then ask me to secure it. Right. Help, help, let me help you build it from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So security's built in. So I know it's an overused phrase, like build in rather than bolt on. Bolt on, on yeah. But I think from a security perspective, it's a pretty big challenge, mm -hmm. and uh, we're getting heavily involved um, in, the, in the build process. Mm -hmm. So we have, a, we have an enabling stake and a building stake rather than a, um, a post-launch Sure. Because once you do things post-launch, inherently you're in the way. Right. So if you can do it up front, it's a much better uh, proposition for the business. And it's more expensive usually. Yeah, absolutely. Right. Yep, yep. Um, talk a little bit about where you think security, kind of in a general sense, could be doing a better job than it is today. I said something at a conference about six months ago that I got a lot of interesting eyebrow raises, but I, th I still stand by it. I think the biggest risk to security right now is arrogance. Mm -hmm. It's on every morning. On the part Street. of security? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the, the, the function of security, the security breaches that constantly get a lot of press, there's mm -hmm. an aura, I think, that we've established collectively where we think we're entitled to all sorts of investment, we mm -hmm. think we're entitled to, and I think that to me, the risk of is you know, losing fiscal discipline, right. you know, being right. a little bit less, almost, we tried so hard to get involved with the mm -hmm. business, and now we're almost pushing ourselves away from the business because there's a mentality of spending without understanding the true business value. Yeah. So to me, one of the big elements of security that I think we need to do better as an industry is not just spend because we get all the press mm -hmm. and we get a lot of publicity, but spend because we can add business value. Mm -hmm. And having that business value calculation is something that I think we need to do better at. Yeah, that's a good one. Um, so as we're recording this, the international markets are dealing with a new coronavirus spreading around the globe. 
Um, and this is the third or fourth of one in the past 20 years that I recall, but they, they force businesses to think differently about how it will affect them and how they'll prepare for the next one. And the thing that strikes me is how technology has changed over the intervening years. I mean, 18 years ago in the wake of SARS, there was a lot of focus on giving workers the ability to work remotely, and today that's almost universal. How do you see security and technology jumping into this issue in 2020? So, first of all, I'll say, from a business perspective, supporting mm -hmm. the companies need to do supply continuity. So supply yeah. diversity is a big deal. Yeah, I was thinking of that as yeah. you started to talk about that. So protecting a plant is one thing. Having a supply diversity where you have multiple plants producing mm -hmm. the same product. I mean, obviously that's a that's a business decision more than sure. a security one. But I've been able to build enough of a relationship that we do that together, we do that collectively, mm -hmm. we start to think about, and even if it's not supply continuity from a fabrication perspective, maybe a supply continuity from a Supplier perspective. You so know, diversify your, your yeah, suppliers. Your suppliers, APIs, mm -hmm. uh, active pharmaceutical ingredients, many of them come from China. Mm -hmm. So talking about how to uh, have that diversity as well. I think from a pure, I would say, technology digital security perspective, I look at it in two things that I think is different now. I mean, I remember one of my old roles, I was responsible for security when the whole bird flu thing hit. Sure, the whole pandemic yeah, planning yeah. in and that was 2006, another, 2007, yeah, yeah. sure. And I think I would go back a little bit as a history lesson and say what, what that taught us, it mm -hmm. was no longer about disaster recovery. Right. The smoking crater syndrome or, or scenario <laughs> wasn't really that likely anymore, mm -hmm. but you start talking about things like uh, pandemic taking out part of your workforce, right. taking out a supplier. So fast forwarding to today, I think about it in two modes. Number one is that uh, for for reasons that you know so far the trend is and it may be different in the future but a lot of these new viruses come from asia right specifically very uh, centered in china and i think it's forcing us to really really think about how we have to plan for the next five to ten years mm -hmm. of what i've heard a lot of really respected both economists and geopolitical experts say probably the biggest trend in geopolitics for the next ten years is going to be china's bifurcation of technology mm -hmm. so so many businesses believed that eventually China would come around and start using Office 365, start using Windows right. everywhere, start using WebEx, so they don't, they, they, and they're building their own. Right. So there's not, even AWS, as powerful as they are, they have a partner that they manage, but it's not AWS mm -hmm. within China, and obviously Alibaba's huge. So having that, I would say, bifurcation but federation challenge is something that we're building up to. So, because mm -hmm. what's happening is when you have the, a big portion of China working from home, they're mm -hmm. all trying to leave the country to get to WebEx. They're all trying to leave the country to get to SAP. They're all trying to leave the yep. country to get to O365, all of which goes to the Great Firewall and is double encrypted. Right. So performance is terrible. So they're going to, as a, as a society, they're going to start doing more things locally. Mm -hmm. And then we have to almost federate at the service level rather than having users to system stuff. Because that's okay. what we're seeing now. Right. And we're dealing with this today mm -hmm. at Takeda. We have thousands of users in China that are struggling because they're, uh, they're using systems that frankly aren't very performant. And I think the whole bifurcation element is something we have to plan for as leaders. Second piece I would say is, which is probably different for in the last 10 years, is, um, is consumerization. Mm -hmm. So the expectation of using things like FaceTime or mm -hmm. WeChat, something that will very, very likely, if not certainly, provide better service than we can in a scenario where everyone's working from home. Sure. Sure. So that's something that we have to be, you know, in the past we would say we would keep that at arm's length, but now we have to start to embrace it. Yeah. That's good, thank you. Um, you brought up digital transformation a few minutes ago, particularly the move to the cloud. How's it forced you to rethink the way you approach security? Um, Two-part answer. So, um, assurance over um, control. So, third-party hosting sure. is the way of the 
the default now? Yeah, it seems that's yeah. the way everybody's going with every service out and there, right? Rather than building and maintaining a control, we're assuring a third-party control. Yeah. It's a big shift. Yeah. You know, third-party risk is obviously a big deal, but this mm -hmm. puts it on steroids, if you will. Right, right. And I think another thing is that many security organizations are used to working in a waterfall type approach, mm -hmm. which this digital stuff is all about DevOps, Agile. I was going to say, waterfall circular, thing in the past. Yeah, circular <laughs> sprints and building in things like requirements and a compliance check and SDLC, mm -hmm. IT general controls, if you have a compliance responsibility, all that becomes a big challenge. So yeah. having working your security processes around that new Agile DevOps model is a big deal for us too. Yeah. Um, How's privacy fit into your security formula? We treat privacy just like we treat intellectual property. Yeah. It is highly sensitive data. We have to tag it, we have to flag it, we have to protect it, we have to act on it. Mm -hmm. The main difference that I think privacy introduces is the whole concept of consent. Right. So tracking consent um, and doing that. We try to do that within our identity systems. Um, we think that's a, a good way to do it, but it also has to be done in Salesforce systems and Viva systems and some of the CRM systems, but that's where we're focusing our energy is really understanding the privacy we treat just like intellectual property from a controls perspective, but mm -hmm. then also making sure we build in consent into our identity mm -hmm. and registration systems. Yeah, real GDPR, CCPA uh, thing. Yeah. Absolutely, yep. Yeah, isn't that fun? <laughs> yep. Uh, final question. What's the best career or leadership advice you've either received or given? So, t two answers. One from pop culture. The, uh, it's funny, but I live and breathe by it, and everybody who knows me teases me about it, is, is Yoda. <laughs> <laughs> do or do not, there is no try. Yep. So that's a big thing that I always live by. But all seriousness, I think it's funny because I received it and I always give it. Mm -hmm. Because security is always about do you have enough resource, do you have enough talent, do you have enough capability, do you have enough controls? Mm -hmm. And I heard this once and I always tell it to my team, rather than being really good at complaining and whining at what you can do if you had more resource, right. be really, really good at explaining what you can do with the resources you have. Yeah. Understanding soup to nuts, the people, what their output is, the technologies, what it can or can't do, knowing exactly what you can deliver with what you have, mm -hmm. I believe is first and foremost paramount before introducing what you think you can do with more resource. Mm -hmm. Good. Thanks for listening to this episode of CSO's Executive Sessions. We've been speaking with Mike Towers, the Chief Information Security Officer at Takeda Pharmaceutical Company. Mike, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Bob. CSO Executive Sessions shares the expertise and insights of leading security and risk executives. To learn more about how security and risk leaders are addressing today's dynamic risk environment, make sure to visit us at CSOonline.com. And be sure to catch future CSO Executive Sessions episodes by subscribing to this podcast on CSOonline.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time for CSO Online and IDG, I'm Bob Ragdon. This podcast is produced by IDG Communications Incorporated.